Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Pastor Farrell Shepherd of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'd like to welcome you to another Sending Forth a Light radio broadcast. This broadcast is for Tuesday, February 13th. Hope you're having a good day in the Lord and blessed of the Lord. I thank God for the beautiful sunshine. I mean, it's been, it, it was cold this morning. It's warming up quickly, but uh, beautiful day. I thank God for that. Amen. Well, we began a message on yesterday's broadcast. We're going to continue today. And before I go to that, though, I've got a couple of good songs queued up here that I trust will be a blessing. I've got the Miller family talking about our God that never changes. And then I've got the Shepherd family singing one about what a blessing it is to know the true and living God. And as we send out these songs and this message, my goal is that you as well might know this living God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you come to know him. Today's message is going to be a sermon that I actually preached on a resurrection Sunday morning here at the Island Ford Baptist Church sometime back. And I'm not using the, I guess you would say, traditional scriptures about the resurrection, but I'm actually using Colossians chapter 3 and verses 1 through 3. I think in the message, I might have called it chapter 1, but it's Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 that we'll be dealing with. And I'm preaching on, if ye then be risen with Christ. We will continue this message throughout the whole week, so I hope you'll stay tuned and enjoy the message as it was preached live from the pulpit of the Island Ford Baptist Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. It starts off with the phrase, if ye then be risen with Christ. So Christ is risen is a foregone conclusion, this verse. It's just, it's just a settled fact when this verse starts, that Christ is risen. And so we're going to look from that uh, this morning. Verse number 1, Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. There's a little chorus that we learned uh, some years ago and sing these three verses together. Uh, we'll not sing them this morning, but... I'll, we'll read them. The Bible says, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. I want to try to preach on the first that first phrase, If ye then... Be risen with Christ. Now, here in Colossians, in chapter number 3, he's dealing with another point, I believe. And the Holy Spirit, same Holy Spirit that impressed Paul to write what he did in the the epistle to the Corinthians, impresses Paul to write in this epistle to the Colossians that there's another principle here. If we accept the fact that Christ got up from the grave and rose from the dead... It should be revealed in the way we live. It should be revealed in the estimate, the estimation that we put and place on things on the earth. Paul says here in our text in Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3 in particular, he talks about if you be risen with Christ, verse 2 is where I want to go. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. It's the same principle that our Lord spoke of in the Sermon on the Mount we dealt with some time back. That ye seek, seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these other things shall be added unto you. That principle there is that if we really believe 
God. If we really believe in the resurrection, then this world is not so important. So what if they slap us? So what if they spit in our face? So what if they pluck out the hair of our head and the hair off our face? So what if they lie about us? So what if they crucify us? So what if they martyr us? So what if we believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen. And really, it it, it will help us not to live in fear. Now, I say this, I know we live in a body of flesh, and I'm not telling you that if I went to the doctor tomorrow and he said, you've got cancer and you've got so much time to live, I'm not sure I'd say, so what? But really, with the assurance of the resurrection, we could say, oh, death, where is thy sting? We could say, oh, grave, where is thy victory? Amen. Because we have confidence that the grave is not the end of it all. Amen. And so this life is not what is all that is important. We believe here that Christ not only rose, but that He ascended, and that He is right now sitting at the right hand of the throne of God, the Bible says. Amen. He's seated at the right hand of the Father, thank God. And He's seated at the right hand of God. Now, that that should help us have very little regard... For earthly treasures and earthly pleasures. Very little esteem that we should account to them when we recognize how great it is that we're serving a living Savior. Our goal ought to be set on heavenly things. Our esteem, our treasure ought to be set on heavenly things. Amen. And by the way, the Bible, our Lord did say, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Amen. So we ought to have our heart set on spiritual things and things about the Savior, the will of the Savior, and the souls of men. I believe that's right. Now, again, I say I, I'm surely there's nobody here that doubts or denies the resurrection of Christ. Some people say, well, I don't believe He got up bodily. I believe it's just a spiritual resurrection. Well, I believe that it was a body, a bodily resurrection. Matter of fact, if you believe the Bible, you have to believe that it was a bodily resurrection. Amen. I, I don't have a problem believing that Christ could be here in spirit. There is a lot of difference in being there in spirit and being there in body. I, people say sometimes, preacher, and I won't be there in person, but I'll be there in spirit. I'd a whole lot rather see you here in body. Amen. Amen. I realize sometimes you can't be, and you know maybe there's something that's come up and you cannot be there. I'm glad that you send your spirit on, Amen. If you can't come, <laughs> but it's a lot better when you when you worship Him in spirit and in truth, Amen. When you worship Him with the whole being, Amen. But the, I don't guess that we doubt that He rose from the grave or that we deny that He rose from the grave. But do we live like that He rose from the dead? Do we live like that He's still in the grave? Amen. Can we just continue on our life just like the resurrection never happened? Can we just go right on like nothing ever happened about Christ getting up from the grave? This historical fact that Christ got up from the grave, does that, does that alter my history? Does that alter my future? Does that have anything to do about my duty? Anything uh, to do about my drive? Does that have anything to do about the designations I make in my life and the decisions I make in my life? Are those things affected by the fact that I believe, really believe, that Christ is alive, that He got up from the grave? That's a question that we ought to ask. I believe that the knowledge of the resurrection, a true 
faith in the resurrection of Christ will give us new views of the world. We'll see things differently. Amen. I believe it will give us new motives for living. It will give us new inspiration for things that we can accomplish for the glory of God. And those which we formerly held will be much more meaningless than they'd seemed to be before. Amen. Now, it's one thing to hold the resurrection as a doctrine in your statement of faith. We say we believe that, and that's good that we do. But it's quite another thing to move it from just being a doctrine that we say we believe, that it is actually a force, an active power in our life. Paul talked about living the resurrected life. Amen. Not just believing in a resurrection, but living in that resurrected power. Amen. That I might know Him. Amen. And that I might, that I might walk in the power is the idea that He's got there of His resurrection. Amen. God help us that we could get to that point. Amen. So today, when we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I want to think on that thought. Let these thoughts occupy our mind and consider for a few minutes how that His death and His burial and His resurrection ought to affect our life that we now have in Christ. Our life, He said, is hid with Christ in God. Amen. If your life is hid in, if anything is hid in something, you don't see the thing that's hid, you see the thing that's hidden in. And so the world doesn't need to see me. The world needs to see Jesus. Amen. And we need to live that. So there ought to be a practical outcome of our life, our present earthly life, if we really believe that Christ rose from the dead. Now following that line of thought, I want to point out a few things that I believe a confidence and a true belief in the resurrected Christ will produce in practical elements in our life. And there's a lot, and I'll only deal with a few this morning. Let me say, first of all, I think the first thing that faith in a in truly believing in a resurrected Christ will give us ambition. I, I use that first. All, all of mine is going to start with an A this morning. An ambition. Now, some people would say, preacher, ambition's a bad thing. You don't want, ever want to have an ambition. I'm amazed at how our world thinks or, or don't think, one or the other, that they have these competitions, but they don't want it to be competitive. Because everybody that signs up gets a trophy. Well, then what good is the race? And, and it's not that you run the race and you do your best and you get out front and then you mock the others that didn't do as good. That's not the idea. And by the way, that, there's an idea to talk about sportsmanship. There's an idea in that is that there is a camaraderie. There, there is a, there is a character of a, I guess you say a chivalry involved in that. There is some, ca- some character in there that it's not a mock, but we've gone way, way, way beyond that. But if you don't get first place, then you practice and you and you work at it and you train at it and, and you do your best next time to get first place. Right? That's the idea. There's an ambition involved. Now, here's where I'm going. That it's not that ambition is wrong as long as it's headed in the right direction. Ambition can be wrong when you don't win first place in the race and so you decide you'll break the fellow's legs at one first place next time. You'll beat him. 
or you'll cheat, you'll jump across the line before the gun fires, or whatever the case is. Your ambition, it's good that you had ambition, but it went in the wrong direction, and so uh, it's, it is wrong in that case. And, and I've got some thoughts that I want to deal with that. I believe that ambition is something that a person needs naturally. I mean, there's got to be a reason for getting up in the morning. There's got to be a reason for living my life. There's got to be a reason why I suffer and endure and sacrifice. There's got to be a goal out there somewhere. Amen. That's all just human. I'm mean, just human thinking. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that if it's in the proper manner. God made man and woman with abilities and with drives that are for a purpose. That purpose is good unless it's misapplied by evil. Amen. One man said this about ambition. I I thought this was very wise. He said, the ivy will climb upwards if only it can lay hold on some tall object in which it may adhere. But if no such support presents itself, it will creep ignominiously along the ground. He said the ivy, if it's got something that it can get a hold of, will climb up. But if there's nothing straight, strong, and sturdy standing beside it, it'll just crawl along the ground. That's true. And so he goes on, he says, like it, ambition will mount heavenward if fixed upon some heavenly thing. But if left to itself, it will trail along on the earth. Well, that's right. Yes, what we need is we need something sturdy. We need something stable. We need something straight. We need something tall, strong, that we can adhere our life to. By the way, that's what this Bible is. Amen. It's sturdy and strong and straight. Amen. And it this promise of the resurrection is a sturdy promise that we can anchor to and we can climb forward and go forward for the glory of God. Ambition's a good thing if it's in the right direction. Amen. Amen. Men, I, there used to be an attitude, especially in Americans, that you get up early and you work hard and you do your best and you can succeed in America. That used to be the American dream. It, it wasn't that they hand you everything. Joshua read me something the other day. Somebody was doing a survey and they said, this guy in the survey, he said, what do you think ought to be done to people that won't work and all they want is to live off what they can get from everybody else? And that person said, they ought to throw them out of Congress. That's what they ought to do with them. I say, amen. The whole crowd. Amen. The, the American dream wasn't that somebody give you a house, that somebody bake you a cake and spoon feed it to you. Amen. It, it, the American dream wasn't that everything be given to you, but it was that it, you had you had a drive to do something and make something of your life, and you could do it in America. It didn't matter where you came from. It didn't matter what obstacles in front of you. Amen. But now we're hearing all the time, oh, it can't be done. It can't be done. We gotta have handouts. We gotta have the government. We gotta have the nanny state has gotta take care of us. Thank God we need some ambition in the right direction. Amen. Amen. Well, and I'm gonna deal with this just a little bit, this idea about the ambition. That's one of the reasons, by the way, why the school system, used to call it public school system, but the public don't have much say in it anymore. I call it government school system. But in the government school system, that's why they installed or instigated the sports in school. They had team sports 
was to help. Their idea was it, it would take some young men, and that's how it was started, by the way, it was, was only young men. It would take some young men that otherwise might be shiftless, otherwise might be lazy, that otherwise might have no purpose, otherwise might not have any drive about them, and we'd give them something to do, we'd give them a goal to aim for, we'd give them something to be proud of, we'd give them something to set their ambitions on, and they would thrive. And while they're at it, they'd stay in school and get an education. That was the idea. But the goal got mixed up, and they got a God. They made a God out of sports. All of a sudden, their God said, you can't go to church on Wednesday. You've got to practice. All of a sudden, their God said, you can't go to church during revival meeting. we got a game. All of a sudden, their God started demanding some allegiance and, and more allegiance than the true God could demand. We used to preach it about all that Baal worship. And they called it basket Baal and base Baal and foot Baal. <laughs> and truth is that, that sports has become America's God. By the way, not that playing baseball is a sin or playing basketball is a sin or playing football is a sin. Not that the playing of the sports is wrong and not that the ambition is wrong. That is good in its place. But when it becomes a God and it starts being an idol and it starts taking away from true God. Amen. Amen. Listen, I think, for example, I think a Christian school, I think it would be great for them to have some exercise. I mean, it's good. Kids need physical exercise. That's good. But I don't, I'm not interested in them getting involved in a, in a sport in which is going to take away from their dedication to God and the things of God. Amen. Well, I just simply say it leads to ambitions being allowed to run low along the ground. And that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. So we're going to have to break in the message right there. But Lord willing, we'll be back tomorrow and continue this message throughout this week. Hope you'll tune in this same time every Monday through Friday for another Sending Forth the Light radio broadcast. Until then, this is Pastor Farrell Shepherd saying good day and God bless you.